Well, this morning, Lord, as we come before you in this time of prayer, um, it's going to inspire our hearts, and we're so grateful uh, for this chance to, to be with you and to, to speak with you and to let you um, move us and teach us. And our conversation with you is, is always the most effective means of, um, of learning, of growing. There's nothing, you know, seminars, workshops, preaching, all of that is only, only secondary to our, our time of prayer with you in the way that you inspire us and, and move us. And so hopefully in this time of prayer, let's just have that good conversation with you and to, um, to come to know you better. And this weekend, um, we're going to read that, that parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Um, for the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, so that's the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. He said to them, you, go into my vineyard too, and whatever is right, I'll give you. And so they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. He said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you, go into the vineyard too. And so, I mean, this this parable can... Um, the laborers in the vineyard, okay. But it's really, it's the parable of the, the generous vineyard owner, um, that the, the zealous vineyard owner, um, that he, um, this, the, the vineyard owner has this real zeal for getting people to work in his vineyard. Uh, and that he wants it, that he wants um, the laborers to get out there and work. And you get the sense um, obviously that it, it's less about how, um, like, yeah, what, does he maybe have a lot of grapes? I don't know. <laughs> um, it, that it's less about the product, uh, than it is about the fact that they need to work and, um, that this is, this is good for them, that he wants, um, he wants to, to give them that satisfaction. We reflected last week upon, upon work. Um, this week, I think, you know, we could take this parable from the, um, the standpoint of giving us a good jump off to talk about zeal for souls, right? To have real zeal for souls and that this should be a mark of our, of our life, um, that we, we have zeal, um, this desire, this kind of, this fire to spread the gospel and to bring souls to know our Lord, um, an interesting point in, in a commentary I read on this passage is that a denarius would have had the, um, would have had the image of the king uh, upon it, right? And so what happens? Well, when we bring souls to know our Lord, the denarius the, that has the image of the king or the image of Caesar in, in their case, uh, the image of Caesar uh, is, well, what does God give us? He doesn't give us just a coin for what we do. He gives us his own image and likeness. He, he renews us in baptism. He conforms us to himself. 
and he makes us look like Christ. We become other Christs. We, uh, so what we receive is worth so much more. Don't just think about this as like, all right, I'll give you, a, I'll give you 50 bucks if you work for the day or something. Like, no, there is, um, there's a much deeper thing going on. Um, we see that as well in the parable, or not the parable, when the Pharisees say, um, is it right to pay taxes, right? Is it right to, to pay, to pay taxes? Well, whose, whose image is on this coin, right? Caesar's, okay, that's, that's a denarius, right? Um, Caesar's image is on the coin. All right, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar, but give to God's what is, give to God what is God's. Well, where's God, where do we find God's image? I'm made in God's image. I'm in the image of God. And so we could pay all the money we want to the government. Um, if their image is on it, give it back to them, good. But whose image am I made in? I'm made in God's image, and therefore I am what needs to be given to God. Um, give to God what it belongs to God, what is in God's image and likeness. And so this vineyard owner has zeal. He goes out, um, and, and listen to how he goes out. First, he goes out at daybreak um, to hire these workers. And right now, would be kind of one of the things that workers would gather and People would come out and they would hire whoever they needed for the day. And so you get the sense that he goes and he, he hires a good, good chunk of workers for the day. And, he, um, and it's at daybreak, right? It's, we're talking six in the morning, probably before six, a little before six in the morning. And then you think like, okay, that parable ends there. Good enough. No, he goes back out at nine and then again at noon and then again at three in the afternoon. And then even at five, right, if we're talking it's a 12-hour day, even at five, like five o'clock, the sun's already starting to go down. What are you doing hiring more people? Also, let's, let's consider, a lot of times we don't, not living in this kind of a culture. Um, if he owns a vineyard, he can't live next door to the marketplace. It's not like he's just like going out and like walking from, from here to the university, right? Um, if, if he's owning a vineyard, it's probably a, a bit of a hike to get into town, <laughs> to the marketplace. So not only is he going, um, is he going out a lot, but that it's not like it's it's right next door. He's not just banging on his next door neighbor's door and saying, "Hey, give me more people to work." He he's got to go find. He's got to go up, you know, travel a bit to probably get there, and um, and find them. The zeal that he has, he's willing to do that at six nine. 12, 3, and then 5 is incredible. The, the zeal of the vineyard owner. We, when we participate in apostolate, need to have that same zeal, right? We need to have, this is the zeal of our Lord, and therefore this is the zeal that we're called to have. If we, um, if we want to actually be souls of interior life, if we really want to have that relationship with our Lord, um, then we need to have that zeal. St. Jose Maria writes um, in his second little book, the Furrow, uh, just called Furrow, uh, don't tell me that you care for your interior life if you're not carrying out an intense and ceaseless apostolate. The Lord, whom you assure me you're close to, wishes all men to be saved. Our, we, one of the fruits of our interior life needs to be apostolate. We have to carry out an intense and ceaseless apostolate. As we become greater friends with our Lord, we have to realize he wants all to be saved. Um, each and every person is someone that he died for. And so 
we need to carry out that apostolate. And that we don't, we, we, have, a, we have a half-formed interior life if it just ends with us, if it's just about me. My prayer life is about me, and I enjoy it, and it's, one of, it's just something I do. Um, that's good. Uh, but that's about halfway. That, that's not, we're not there yet. Um, don't tell me you have interior life, he says. If you're not carrying out an intense and ceaseless positive. Why? Because the more we come to know our Lord, the more we're going to see, like, our Lord does this. He goes out again and again and again. And he wants to bring people again and again and again um, into the vineyard um, where they will be part of um, the family of God and where they will be adopted and have his, his own likeness. Um, and they'll be conformed to him and they'll become alter Christus. Um, so we, we have to carry out this apostolate. We have to have this desire. You know, we, we see this in, I see it in our normal lives, that when there's something good, we want to we wanna share the news. Um, we want to we wanna go out. We want to wanna bring people to it. And um, it's just, it's a natural, it's a natural thing to want to bring people to the things that we love. And so zeal has to, has to characterize if we love our Lord, that we bring people to him and, and that we have to be very intentional about it. Um, we always, um, it always has to be on our mind. How can I bring souls to Christ? More souls, um, more and more that we want to, um, I think it was St. John Bosco who said, um, talking to our Lord, give me souls, keep all the rest. Like, don't, don't give me, give me souls, right? We want to bring souls to our Lord. Um, St. John Bosco had that incredible love, particularly for the young, um, and so we, you see this in the saints. St. Francis Xavier, um, when he went to India, he, it's kind of, Francis Xavier has a little bit of the, the, this parable of the, the landowner going out into the marketplace. Because when Xavier first went to India, he, um, he would be like, you know, only, he would write to Ignatius, like, only the best, only the best for India. Just, I don't care. I just, I want, I want your best Jesuits to come to India. We just need, give, give me the top of the class. That's who we need. Um, and then it would be like, you know, otherwise, like, okay, well, you could send a few more, like, right, uh, top of the class and maybe give me some of those guys that were getting B's and C's. That's okay. And then by the end of his time, he's like, send me anyone you have. <laughs> like, that guy that doesn't know how to read or write yet, but he's a Jesuit. Like, yeah, send him. One-arm Joe, great. We'll uh, bring him, send him on down, right? That's, that's, the friends, he's like, give me everyone you have. Um, you know, again, as he keeps writing to it, because he gets like, Francis Xavier had that zeal for the apostolate. And he got to India and he saw he would baptize from the, you know, beginning of the day to the end. Um, he writes in his letter to, to St. Ignatius of Loyola that um, he, the, kids, the kids won't let him pray his breviary. And back in those days, the breviary took a long time to pray, the prayers that the priest has to say every day. But the kids wouldn't let him even start his breviary until, until he taught them some kind of catechism. And, and he would, and uh, his voice would be hoarse from just baptizing all day. And he, um, he would only do the basic baptism, and then he, others would kind of do all the other rites that go along with baptism um, and kind of finish it off. So he would just be baptizing all day long um, until he felt like his arm was going to fall off. 
Zeal for souls. What have I done? Right? I've got, I got one baptism today. We have, and it's beautiful. Um, Kara Moran is going to become a daughter of God today. And, and how great is that? But I don't know, like one baptism. And I'm like, all right, like that's my whole thing for the middle of the day, right? We've got um, Mass in the morning, teaching in the dating class, baptism, dinner at someone's house tonight. Like that's, it's a full day, right, for Father Casey. No, friends is here be like, what are you talking about? Go, get out there. You got a lot, there's a lot more time you could fill there. Go. He had zeal. We need to have that same zeal. Go, get out there. You got work to do. Um, what are the first means, you know, it's okay. We got to go about this apostolate. We have to, we have, to have this, this zeal. Um, and that zeal, once we, once, you know, it starts to kind of um, spark in our hearts. Well, what do we do? Sinners and Maria again writes, What compassion you feel for them. You'd like to cry out to them that they're wasting their time. Why are they so blind? Why can't they perceive what you, a miserable creature, have seen? Why don't they go for the best? Pray and mortify yourself. Then you have a duty to wake them up, one by one, explaining to them, also one by one, that they, like you, can find a divine way without leaving the place they occupy in society. Standing about, they're just standing there. They're just wasting so much time. Um... And you get this sense from the, the guys in the marketplace, you know, okay, in theory, everybody goes out to be there when the, when the people doing the hiring show up at dawn, right? And so the, these guys are just standing around. Like, you almost feel worse for, you have those who are hired at six in the morning and they work until, they work a full 12-hour day. And then, um, but then you have these guys that show up at six in the morning and they stand around for 11 hours, right? Like anyone who's been for like in line in the DMV for even 45 minutes to an hour knows like, that's, that's terrible. How miserable is it to just be standing around? And even that first batch that he brings in at nine, the second batch that he, like they stood around for three hours, you know, just standing there. And how miserable it is. And why don't they see? Why don't, like, they're just, they're just waiting. And so many people, you just wonder, they're just standing around. They're wasting the time. You'd like to cry out to them. They're wasting their time. Why are they so blind? Right? Why, 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 why can't people see? We're, what are we offering? Here at St. Francis, what are we offering? Eternal life. Like, this is, we're offering eternal life. This is... Everyone who comes to Mass in about a half hour or so, um, the less, is going to receive the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God himself. Like, we're offering eternal life. We're offering um, this relationship with God. Um, if, if a celebrity was, was showing up this morning... Like, our church would probably be packed. Uh, even people would be like, forget about guidelines. There's a celebrity, right? We're all showing up, and we probably all get in trouble. But, um, but, like, guess what? God is showing up. God's already here. Our Lord is here with us. How is it that the place isn't packed? How is it that it's, people just don't perceive um, and get it? And it could be easy to just lament that. And I think part of the, um, the life of the church 
in, in the 21st century, unfortunately, is that we just want to lament. That people are, there are a lot of articles going around the internet right now that after the shutdown, people aren't coming back. They're not coming back. And you know what? It's really easy to just like, oh, no, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. Let's just, that's the, that's the slogan. You want to get your article published in the Catholic world right now. Just title it, they're not coming back and join the other hundreds that are out there about it. Well, guess what? Like, all right, they're not coming back. Well, what are you going to do about it? Let's talk about like, hey, what, what's the plan? How do you go get them? The ones that aren't coming back? I'd say if people aren't coming back after the pandemic, then we never had them in the first place. Um, they may have been present in our churches, but they were, they were never ours. Um, if, if they're just going to decide that watching Mass on TV is the same thing as receiving body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and actually being present with the community to worship, they think it's the same thing. We never had them in the first place. They weren't ours. But rather than just crying about it and lamenting it, got to do something about it. Got to go out. Got to um, spread our Lord. Um, it starts with pray and mortify yourself. St. Josemary says this is the program. Pray and mortify yourself. So are we praying? Do we actually pray um, for the people we know who are just standing around? The people that we know in our own lives who, who don't know our Lord. And just think, even just a few. Um, he writes in another point in the way. Um, like, can't you just think of one or two? One or two that we could bring along? That's all. Like, if every person just thought of one or two... Um, who, are, who could be real apostolic souls, how much could change? So you, but first you pray. Then we mortify ourselves. We, we kind of have these small sacrifices that we make throughout the day. You know, today I'm, I'm going to um, not take cream and sugar in my coffee. For me, it's actually more repentance. I'm going to put some cream and sugar in my coffee um, and, and ruin the nice black flavor. Um, and I'm going to do that for this particular soul that I know needs to encounter our Lord. Like this particular one who needs to be, to be woken up and needs to get into the vineyard and start working. It's time to get to work. Because then you have the duty, he says, then you have the duty to wake them up one by one, explaining to them, also one by one, that they, like you, can find a divine way without leaving the place to occupy in society. One by one. Our zeal for souls. You know, I'm... Oh, it's so, we, we, we just lose it when we, um, when I have zeal for souls, so what am I, I'm going to start a program. All right, we're going to start a program. We're going to, look, we started a, a youth ministry program, and that's very good. And I'm glad we had a great turnout last Sunday, and, and programs can be good, but it's not the program that's going to be the, the converting aspect. The core of what we've started, Life Team, is that in that, then there's a relational ministry so that our volunteers, our youth minister and our volunteers can, one by one, wake up these teenagers out of, out of whatever, um, whatever idleness they've been living and wake them up to the, and some of them are already pretty awake. It's impressive to see. And so then we form them one by one. We wake them up. We explain to them um, exactly who our Lord is, one by one. And so we got to go, you know, zeal for souls. Let's, um, let's just kind of try to, try to get 100 people at once. No, no, pray and mortify for one person and then 
Go and talk to them. Go and, go and explain to them. Go and invite them, right? Work with one, one by one by one, right? How many, how many people, if I, if I helped one person, just one person that I know from my family life or other friends, if I just helped one person, just even each year that I've been a priest, um, to really come to apostolate and, and know, I mean, okay, that, that's, I've only been a priest, you know, seven years or so, but like, that's seven more people that are hopefully each going and getting, you know, one by one by one. It adds up over time. Um, just one, or then, you know, in each year, one or two people, just really, but really a conversion to apostolate. Um, a real, um, that they then need that, that zeal for souls. And then just the last point um, from St. Jose Maria is that then we, you know, so how do we do this? He says, you have to live. You have to be a live ember that sets fire to whatever it touches. And when your surroundings are incapable of catching fire, you have to raise their spiritual temperature. Um, if not, you're wasting time miserably and wasting the time of those around you. He's so, he's so blunt sometimes. Um, but it's so good, right? We have to be like live embers that can set fire to the people. People around us should want to. Our zeal for souls should be such that when people are around us, they, they want to. Posimus, we can, right? That's James and John when they came to our Lord. Can you drink the chalice of which I drink? And just think like what, what confidence our Lord must have inspired in these young men that he's like, they're like, we can. yes. We can do this. Posimus, we can. Um, and that we have to be like that as Alter Christus. So that people, when they're around us, are like, yeah, I can do this. I can be like that. I can, I can live for our Lord. Um, and then if we're not able to, to set them up, if they're not, you know, they're not there yet, well, then you got to at least raise the temperature a little bit, right? Charcoal, it, it raises the temperature, um, you know, burning embers, they raise the temperature. Um, we have our thurible, I don't know how they make the thurible, but our thurible that we use for adoration and for mass, um, does, it has heat transfer, right? Some they make so that there's no heat transfer, so you could hold the bottom. I don't know how you hold the bottom of a flaming metal, a flaming piece of metal, but uh, it's magic somehow. They do it in other places. We don't do it here, right? You touch that metal, you're going to get burned. Actually, the first time Deacon Jim was here for a Sunday mass, because um, the parish where he had been before here had one of those magic thurbles, so he was able to touch it. But here, not so much. And so he, um, he touched it, it got, got a burn. Why? Because we stick hot charcoal in a piece of metal, and the metal becomes hot, right? The people around me, have they become hot with love for God because I'm there? Am I, am I that burning charcoal that whether you like it or not is going to... Um, spread its heat um, around me as the spiritual temperature been raised um, intentionally. If you can't catch them on fire, at least raise the temperature. Um, I don't know, maybe now it's getting colder, we should have some temperature raising in the church. But um, look, and if not, if we're not doing this, guess what? We're wasting our time miserably. Look, if we're, if we're not going out to get people with our Lord, to get to work in the vineyard, then we're the ones who are still standing there, right? Either you're working to get more people or you yourself have not been gotten 
And now you're someone that needs to be rescued and pulled out of idleness. There's no two ways about it. And so are we actually working as part of the apostolate or are we, are we standing around idle? And yeah, we have a good relationship with our Lord, but idleness, if we're not willing to, to spread the gospel message. And so we have to uh, ask our Lord to, to set us on fire with this, with this total love for him, um, to really give us this zeal for souls. There's no, there's no way around it. Our, our church today has some very real places of zeal and it's inspiring to see. But there is such a, a lack. And that we need to be an answer to that. Um, this is the Pope. is called Pope Francis. You know, the, this whole theme of um, missionary discipleship. Evangelii Gaudium. The joy of the gospel. And that a real call to being missionary disciples. Which unfortunately has been taken and programmatized. And now we just throw around this word missionary discipleship and it becomes a word in a program and no one actually does it. But what does it mean? It's what we need. It's, it's zeal for souls. It's that I love our Lord and therefore I need to spread this love of him. I need to bring more souls to him. Um, and that it's a, it's a fire in our belly that we, we, have to, we have to go out and spread. You know, a, a tremendous example of this um, is Our Lady, our mother. What, what did Our Lady do soon as she received our Lord in the incarnation? As soon as the Word was made flesh. And now Mary is carrying Christ in her womb. What does she do? We hear she goes in haste to her cousin Elizabeth. She right away, it's not just, okay, this is just a me thing. She goes and she brings Christ to Elizabeth, and in that John the Baptist is sanctified in the womb. Mary goes, and she goes in haste. Our mother, star of the new evangelization, her zeal for souls. She wants souls to be in heaven, and so we ask our mother to pray for us, um, to give us this this zeal, um, this fire, desire for the apostolate, so we may be like our Lord, like that rich landowner, going out again and again and again. And it's never too late for someone. Even if it's the 11th hour, it's the end of the day, we still, it's worth going out, um, even at the end of the day, finding those people and bringing them in so they can have the joy of working in the vineyard of the Lord um, and receiving um, and living the image of God in their lives.